Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, it's good seeing you today, and I want to welcome you and those who are with us online. We're glad that you've joined us and glad that you're being a part of this service And I hope that you have your Bibles out so that you can follow along and ready to take some notes. Uh, We're starting this new series called Creating Margins. And um, margin, if you go to the Oxford Dictionary, says the edge or border of something. And so we are looking at the edge and the border that we need to live our lives within. And, you know, the thing about it is God's already established those margins. He's already established the edges and the boundaries for us. So it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm living within those boundaries, those borders that he has set up. And when I don't identify those and I don't have them in place in my life, then I set myself up for all sorts of consequences. And and so there are many areas that we have to do this Uh, It's not, you know, there's so many different areas we have to say, okay, these are the margins I'm going to put in place. And, and we're going to be talking about this in the, with the idea of making the making of a leader. That's why we're studying Nehemiah. I mean, one of the greatest examples of leadership other than Jesus himself is Nehemiah. And, and we're going to follow and see what God did through him. So I want to start with a simple verse in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 2, and I want to read two different translations of that verse. And then I want us to take a moment to have some serious prayer time with holy God. But, but listen to these words. When there is moral rot, moral rot within a nation... Its government topples easily. But wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. Now listen to how the good news Bible puts it. When a nation sins, that's the moral rot, it will have one ruler after another. But a nation will be strong and endure when it has intelligent sensible leaders. Now, if there was a more opportune time for us to be praying these kind of verses for us as a nation, I mean, when I think of our country, I can see why and see where we have a great deal of moral rot. And we have sins as a nation. And because of that, we desperately need wise and knowledgeable leaders. We desperately need intelligent, sensible leadership at every level. So I want to, in fact, next Sunday at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a gathering in here for 
praying just for our national elections and our local elections. And, and so I, I invite you to come and join me. We're, we're, going to, we're just going to have some scripture reading, and we're going to have mostly prayers. There's not going to be a message. There's not going to be any speeches or anything like that. And, and it's not going to be focused on uh, who should be what or anything. It's just going to be focused on seeking God's face. And, and so if, if, you, if you care uh, of the depth of the things that we are dealing with as a nation um, I encourage you to, whether you're here or not, that you do spend time in prayer and, and join us next Sunday at five o'clock as we pray for our country. But right now, as a family and those that are watching online, I, I want us to go into a time of prayer and I want us to pray through this verse and talk to God about this. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And you'll hear my words, but uh, you give your own words to the Father as we pray. So let's pray. Father, I think we all would agree in this room that we have moral rot in our country. We have some serious sins as a nation. We have those who even flaunt those sins. We have those who call good evil and call evil good. And as a result, we are rotting at our core as a nation. We have desperate need for wise leaders. We have a desperate need for knowledgeable leaders, intelligent leaders, sensible leaders. And Lord, is, if we just go from one president to the next, one ruler to the next, one leadership to the next and not deal with our national sin, our national moral rot, then we will easily be toppled as a people. Not that some country would come in and take us over, but we, we lose our moral standing in this world. We lose our opportunity to make a difference in this world. And Father, our world has a moral rot to it, a decay to it. And we see this in Scripture. And whenever there is a national sin, your eyes look to your people. Your ears listen to their prayers so that you might respond to the prayers of your people. I doubt there's a single person in this room that does not grieve for our nation at some level or another. I 
I would adventure to guess that every single one of us are just fed up on so many levels, just tired of it. Lord, we, we grow weary of the way sin is elevated as a preference, something to be celebrated, declared as a right. Lord, we desperately need a fresh anointing of your spirit. We desperately need you. We desperately need to turn from our wicked ways as a nation, to call upon you as the one true living God. We need Jesus. And we are your people whom you have called by your name and you call us to pray, to speak truth. And so we too confess our moral sins of our country. Just as Nehemiah joined in the prayers of confessing sins that he personally did not commit, but he accepted responsibility for because he was a part of that nation. Lord, we need spiritual awakening. We need you to raise up leaders that are wise. We desperately need you. So we pray for our president. We pray for our House of Representatives. We pray for our Congress. We pray for our Supreme Court. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will reveal himself to them, each and every one of them. And I pray that you will instill in each and every one of them a healthy fear of you. Because you tell us that wisdom can only begin when we have a fear of you. And so if we are to have wise leaders, we need leaders who look at you and have that right kind of fear of you and humble themselves before you. We have many in Congress and in the House and in the Supreme Court and many even in the White House that claimed a relationship with you through Jesus. And I pray that you'll grow them and mature them into the kind of faith that absolutely trusts you and that they will stand firm on that which matters to you and will not compromise about the things that you call sin. 
So, Father, listen to our prayers as we weep for our nation, as we cry out to you for our nation. Clean out this moral rot and begin with us. In Jesus' holy name, we pray this sacred prayer. Amen. I want to quickly share with you some laws of leadership. And I'm absolutely convinced that leadership is not something that you're born with. In fact, spiritual gift, one of the spiritual gifts is leadership. So if you're born a leader, I I just don't buy into that. I I think you learn to be a leader. And and when you pray to receive Christ, if God gave you, chose to give you the gift of leadership, then that's when you received it. So you weren't born with it. You You were born with a personality. You were born with the traits of your personality, but you were not born with your spiritual gifts. So let's, let's talk about these couple of laws of leadership. Number one, nothing happens until someone provides leadership for it. Uh, we see this in scripture and we see this in our daily lives. I mean, that's the law of life. Look at history. In our country, the civil rights movement struggled until a man came along named Martin Luther King and said, I have a dream. And that changed everything. And when the leader showed up, things changed. The NASA program, it was floundering, didn't have clear direction. Not until a president came along named John Kennedy and said, we're going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And that changed everything. And that dream became a reality. So everything rises or falls on leadership. In fact, most problems can be traced back in our country to the lack of competent leaders. Most problems. In fact, I think the greatest problem we have today and definitely in the political system is a leadership shortage, the right kind of leaders. And our greatest need in the church and in our country are trained leaders. In the book of Judges, you see seven cycles of ups and downs spiritually for that nation. And uh, they would walk with God, they would walk away from God. They would walk with God, they'd walk away from God. Seven times that happened. And the very last verse in the book of Judges, chapter 21, verse 25, says this. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. There was no king, no leader in Israel. So when we have the lack of leadership, godly leadership, every person then will just do what they think is right. When there is no leadership, people will do their own thing, and that creates instability. And I think that's exactly what has happened in our country we have so many, and see, here's what happens. When you go through a period of time of lacking of true leadership, 
then people start to do what's right in their own eyes so that when real leadership shows up, they don't, very e- they don't quickly or easily give up this thing of, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing what's right in my eyes. So when real leadership shows up, this person over here is saying, hey, hey wait a minute, you're not going to tell me what to do. And you, it creates incredible problems. And so that's why God looks to his people and saying, hey, I've told you, I've commanded you to pray for your leaders. They need your prayers. In Proverbs 21, 25, it says, despite their desires, the lazy will come to ruin for their hands refuse to work. So often people work so hard to get into positions And then they do nothing with it. I mean, sadly, we see politicians do this all the time. They spend ungodly amount of money to be elected and they get into a position, they get the status, they get the benefits, and then they do nothing with it. Well, the Bible talked about that. And as a result, there are consequences. That's one of the reasons why God said you need to pray for your leaders So leadership, nothing happens until someone provides leadership for it. And that's why often you see so little happen because there's not that leader in place. Regardless of what level of government it is, city, state, national. Secondly, leadership is influence. If I could summarize leadership with one word, it would be the word influence. For good or bad. There are positive leaders and there are negative leaders. And, um, I mean, you, you know, you, I can go into a group of people, you can go into a group of people, and it doesn't take you long to figure out who the leaders are. And sometimes the leaders are not even the one in the position. And the reason for that is you're, you're seeing the one who has the influence. I mean, how many times have you been in a committee or group of people and somebody other than the appointed leader makes a single statement and all of a sudden changes the direction of the whole committee? Well, that's the person of influence. In 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, uh, Paul said to Timothy, who was a young guy and he was pastoring a church. He says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, in your purity. So age has nothing to do with leadership. You can be an influence at any age in any circumstances. And you're a model whether you like it or not. And you can influence people for good and you can influence people for bad. See, that's one of the reasons why people in leadership, just because it's okay for you to do something, it might not be the right thing for you to do because it might influence others in a way that they can't handle it. And that's why we have to be careful even with the things that we have a right to. I mean, do you want to know the biblical definition for leadership? Here it is. A biblical definition for leadership. A leader is someone with God-given ability, spiritual giftedness that they got when they prayed to receive Christ, 
and a responsibility to influence a group of God's people to accomplish God's purpose for that group. Now, that's biblical leadership. When you influence others to accomplish God's purpose, that's leadership. So Nehemiah is an outstanding leader, one of the best examples of leadership in scripture. And he accomplished against incredible odds for a brief, uh, in a brief time, what most people could not have done. In fact, he's an example of what happens when there was no leadership. Just like in Judges, uh, what had happened in Jerusalem, there was no leadership. And so everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And those that were in the presumptive, uh, presumptive positions of leadership, they were doing it to fill their own pockets and they were doing it for themselves, just like we see today in many levels of government. And so when a real leader like Nehemiah came along, man, those, those guys resisted him every step of the way because it was going to take away their little, you know, their little business deals they had. It was going to take away their little filling of their own pockets that they had. And Nehemiah was able to overcome all of that. Number three, the test of leadership is simply this. Is anybody following I mean, if you want to know whether you're a leader or not, it's simple. You just look over your shoulder and see if anybody's following you. Jesus said in John 10, 27, he says, my sheep, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I like John Maxwell's parable of leadership. He who thinketh he leadeth, and hath no one following is simply taking a walk. (laughs) Leadership absolutely has nothing to do with titles or positions. It has to do with influence. It has to do with influence. A guy thinks that because he has a title or a that people will automatically follow, that's not necessarily true at all. And we see this so often, we see this mistake made so often in bureaucracies and politicians that they think they've got the title that automatically things will, the people, they'll get their way and and it's hard work. You know, if you tell people you're the leader, it's usually a, a sign that you're not. Husbands, if, if you tell your wife, um, you're going to do what I say because I'm the spiritual leader of the family, you just proved that you really aren't. The truth is, if you're truly, really leading, you don't have to remind people. Number four, a foundation. The foundation of leadership is character, not Charisma. I've seen this in a lot of pastors and TV evangelists who had lots of charisma, but uh, they wound up bombing and just flaming out because they had no character. I've seen this in the ministry time and time again, not just with politicians. I, I see it everywhere. They had major character de- defects. 
And, and so the foundation of leadership is, is character, not the charisma part. You, you see, charisma has nothing to do with it. You don't have to have charisma to be the leader. You have to have character. You have to have credibility because leadership is influence. And if you don't have credibility, you're not going to influence anyone to follow you. Reputation is what people say you are. Character is what you really are. One person put it this way. Character is what you are in the dark when nobody is looking. In 1 Timothy 3, the, uh, the first 13 verses, Paul lays out leadership characteristics for church leaders and uh, all these characteristics that he laid out to be in ministry, not one time did he mention charisma or seminary education. <laughs> you see, leadership's not based on academia. It's based on character. And leaders come in all types of shapes and sizes and temperaments. There, there's no one leadership personality. And we see it all through Scripture. I mean, Paul was an extrovert, and he was goal-oriented. He was ambitious for the things of God. Uh, Peter was a very social person, and he liked to be with people. Moses was very analytical and detail-oriented. He was a deep thinker and a deep feeler, but he didn't like being the guy out front. They were different as night and day. And you can just go on and on and on through scripture and see all the differences. And God used how many of them? All of them. Leadership has nothing to do with personality. You don't have to be outgoing to be a leader. But what you do have to have is character. And all great leaders have character. Sometimes a person gets into leadership without character and then those character flaws cause their downfall. So as we look at Nehemiah over these next several weeks, we're going to see a man of God who is really a very ordinary type of person, but did extraordinary things because he had character in his life. In fact, you'll burn out if you try to imitate someone else's personality. I mean, I, when I first started out in ministry, I, I kept saying, oh, I need to learn to preach like this person. I need to preach like this person. Billy Graham's the greatest preacher. I need to preach like him. And, uh, you know, and, and I realized, yeah, that just doesn't work. I was preaching in a small church one time, probably 100 people there. And at the invitation, <clears throat> I started saying, and thousands of you are coming forward right now. And because uh, that's what Billy Graham would say. <laughs> and the buses will wait for you. <laughs> Well, obviously, I, I don't, Billy, God didn't need another Billy Graham. He needed me to be me. That's who he created me to be. So you don't have to be someone else. You just be you filled with God's Holy Spirit. That's leadership. In Hebrews chapter 13, it says, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, quick three characteristics of great leaders. They have a message worth remembering. They have a lifestyle worth considering. And they have a faith 
worth imitating. Not that you have their faith, but your faith is like their faith. Number five, uh, let me mention this one. Leadership can be learned. If I didn't believe this, we wouldn't be doing this message. Every one of you can be a great leader. In Philippians 4, 9, it says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So, like I said, leaders are not born. They're made by the way you respond to circumstances. I mean, Jesus, his priority, was chain, uh, his priority that he had was training leaders, the 12. He appointed 12 in Mark 3, 14. He appointed the 12 that they should be with him, and then he would send them out. Now, yeah, Jesus had a public ministry, and he had a private ministry. The public ministry involved preaching and teaching and healing, but the private ministry involved training the disciples and, and even had an inner circle of the Peter, James, and John who got to go to the Garden of Gethsemane in the deepest part the night Jesus was arrested and the Mount of Transfiguration. That was an experience. You know, they even got some extra attention. And the reason he put so much time training these 12 guys was because they were going to start the church. They were going to start what Jesus initiated the church and we are here today because of what those guys did that Jesus trained them to do in 2 Timothy 2 2 it says you've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others you and I are part of that equation it was passed on to us who was passed on to someone else, who was passed on to someone else, and we are to pass it on ourselves. One last verse, Ecclesiastes 10.10. Using a dull axe requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. The value of wisdom, that's the value of wisdom. It helps you to succeed. You know, all the tools in our house uh, pretty much have Mary's name on it, <laughs> except, except the chainsaw. That's mine. That's, that's a man thing. And uh, Mary doesn't even want to touch the chainsaw. And so whenever she says, get out your chainsaw, oh, man, you know, my blood pressure goes up. I get all excited. I'm ready. And, uh, but I want to tell you, you know, there's one thing you always have to do to prep. You got to make sure that chain is sharpened. Every time I've tried to cut down a tree or so cut something up with a dull chainsaw, I mean, it can run as fast as it wants to, it want to but it just seems like I have to force it through. But when those blades are sharp, when that chain is sharp, man, it just cuts through it like butter. It's amazing. You got to keep yourself sharp. You got to keep learning. You never, ever stop learning. You never stop studying scripture. You never stop praying. You never stop talking to others who can help you to grow. So my question to you is, what leadership role does God have for you? How does he want you to use your leadership to influence those around you? Because we're all called 
to be influencers. So that means we're all called to be leaders. Let's pray together.